All right, everybody, welcome to the third part of our Van Halen 1984 series. And this one, we're skipping ahead a little bit. We're talking about Hot for Teacher. You know me, I'm Jason. And it's me, Gabe, from Blast Points as well. And joining you once again is Tom from Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot. And today we actually have another guest who will let him introduce himself now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this is Phil Shostak from Lucasfilm. I'm the creative art manager. I've been with the company for 15 years almost now and happy to be back on Blast Points. Writer of some of the best Star Wars art books in the world, mm-hmm. or at least a, a, a bunch of them. <laughs> Not the best. <laughs> Six of them in total. Oh, my goodness. We're so happy to have you you with us, joining us in this insanity here, Phil. <laughs> um, I'm thrilled. This is awesome. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's actually, a, yeah, obviously a really rare opportunity for me to talk about anything other than Star Wars, so excited just for that. But yeah, Van Halen as well. I mean, you know, and we got a full 51 minutes and 50 seconds to talk about the greatest Van Halen album of all time. Oh. <laughs> Dude, spoilers. Come on. <laughs> so we're talking about what are dreams? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so it's a luxurious hour talking about the greatest Van Halen album. Right. We we really handcuffed ourselves with this whole 1984 thing. I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. For those just joining us, Jason's bright idea was to try and do every track on this album in 19 minutes and 84 seconds each, and uh, we have found ourselves thus far somewhat constricted by that. But we're going to keep at it, you know. Uh, so. Phil, what is your Van Halen story? I mean, you know, what's you you jumped at the chance when we said, like, hey, why don't you join us one time? And and you know, where where do you come in on that? Um, well, it goes all the way back to when these albums first came out. Um, but I was just a kid at the time. But like Van Halen were always kind of bubbling under the surface for me. Like my brother, I had an older brother who was very influential on my musical tastes. And um, I remember what Diver Down was out. And just being aware that Van Halen were a very cool band, and I was not quite ready for them, I don't think, when I was a little kid. But then by the time, and then 1984 came out, and it was just the biggest record of the year, effectively. Like, And just and the music video for Jump was just on all the time. I was a big MTV kid, watching MTV all the time. Yeah, so I think my brother had the record on vinyl and listened to it a ton, and then hearing you guys doing this podcast, you know, I had since, you know, moved on to various other bands and musical tastes and things over the years. But then you guys doing this 1984 series made me go back to Van Halen and, you know, get super nostalgic for that, you know, time in my life. Yeah. And, and, and jumped at the chance to be a part of this podcast. It's this, this, this particular series. Jumped, you say. Ah, what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's just like you know i never went i never saw them live but you know those years from especially from 1984 going forward um through the hagar years as i mentioned earlier (laughs) 51 50 yeah those were you know really um they were they were a foundational band for my appreciation of rock music they covered a lot of ground and i mean it's it's interesting uh, it's always interesting to me to hear how people react to the different 
versions of Van Halen, you know, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I kind of stuck with it the whole way through. And, and I, I mean, part of that just comes from, you know, everything Eddie did on guitar and how much of an effect that had on me. Yeah. And Eddie was everywhere at that time. Like, you know, I remember I was a big Michael Jackson fan too, and him being on beat it was huge. Yeah. It just felt like Eddie Van Halen was in this top tier S tier of rock people of, of musicians um, and was, you know, amongst us kids was like a God, you know, like if, if Eddie Van Halen was on a record, that was a record you needed to hear. Yeah. And yeah. And that stayed consistent through all the iterations of Van Halen. Just Eddie is a genius clearly. Yeah. And I feel like even as you get further on the sort of, certainly when you get into the Hagar years, there's his dedication to the song versus just the shredding I think even shifted a little bit and his, his, his experimentation, you know, maybe early on there's a ton of experimentation in terms of the tech and the gear and the tricks and, you know, the noises and the sound effects. But then by the time you get to, you know, really, I mean, certainly any of the Sammy stuff, but certainly by um, carnal knowledge and balance and all of that, you've, you've got a lot of experimentation, even as a songwriter. Um, and, and that was just fun to be along for the ride. Yeah, and then listening back to 1984, I really felt like the seeds were planted for what Van Halen would become in 1984 specifically. Like, well, especially, I mean, it was just controversial alone in 1984, all the use of synth, you know, that was, um, and I remember hardcore Van Halen fans pushing against that and how popular they were becoming at the time. Like my older brother was one of those people. So, yeah, so it was an interesting kind of turning point for the band, I think. When when you've been revisiting Van Halen recently, what what stuff that has uh, surprised you or stood out to you that maybe you didn't appreciate in the past? There were, I mean, one song in particular, and that was a song that I actually asked, um, you know, to potentially talk about uh, um, the um, uh, what's the, the the song after Hot for Teacher on the record? Um, uh, I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. yeah, like I was, I heard that song for the first time literally in like whatever forty years. Um, just a few weeks ago uh, and was like, wow, like it just totally took me back to that time in my life. And, um, and it kind of reminded me of like a, like a, like journey or something. It was just very different, you know, like, and it, and I was kind of shocked at, you know, the, the kind of diversity of, of songwriting and, and playing and how experimental they were willing to be. Cause I think in my mind, you know, I just remembered the hits. Um, and, and so it was, interesting to see how willing to push themselves out of their own boundaries they were even on a you know a record that was just as massive as as this one so yeah that was really interesting to me just like just I, I kind of underestimated them I guess in my memory and it was cool to go back and see how capable they were of doing something really experimental and, and different and and willing to push themselves out of you know and that I think that was a, released as a single too which was kind of uh, surprising to hear about there's there's something I, that always grabs me about bands that are, you know, like Van Halen obviously had a sound, but they had tons of songs that didn't fit that, you know, or that, that were outside of that. Or, you know, even just some of the, the crazy experimental instrumentally type stuff that Ed was doing, Cathedral and things like that. You, you have someone who just wants to make music <laughs> um, and that drive 
doesn't, there's no bounds to that. There's, you know, he's got a clear style. He's got an, uh, a lane, but you know, he can drive anywhere he wants on that road. And, and they certainly did. And I always like that about, you know, I always find myself into bands that do that, you know, and, and this is not to compare Van Halen to the Beatles or anything like that, but I think of bands like the Beatles, I think of Queen, I think of even extreme as you get closer to Van Halen that were willing to, you know, really go a lot of different musical avenues, even if they had one main road that they like to drive on, they really went all over the place. And I, I think that's um, part of what can keep it fresh over the years and part of uh, part of the reasons I don't tire of them. Yeah. And yeah, a song like, Oh wait too, is like kind of like a little kind of sensitive love song sort of. And it's like, and they just have this reputation for being this like party band, you know, that's how they remembered them in my mind, you know? Now, now do you know who you have to think to thank rather for, uh, oh, okay. Well, we won't talk about it until the I'll yes, wait episode. Yes, but- <laughs> <laughs> I think Phil will have to have you back for I'll wait when we when we do that. This has turned into the I'll wait episode somehow. <laughs> That's right. Well, we'll wait for half a teacher. I, uh... <laughs> well, on that on that note, should we start the the should we sound the alarm and dive right into hot for teacher here? Let's do it. I don't feel tardy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Is everybody ready? Oh God! Oh God! I'm running! Okay, the the countdown has started. Hot for teacher. Let's go. Drums right off the bat. It's uh, rumored to be a quadruple bass on the on the very intro, switching to a double bass halfway through. Uh, electronic drums uh, on the bass, but still his uh, his natural snare and I believe natural toms on that point. Uh, at that point, uh, recording at fifty one fifty, hence the reason he was using the Simmons drums for the uh, for the bass drum. Um, you know, and it begs the question: Does Alex Van Halen have four legs? Because how is he how is he playing <laughs> that? How do you do that? I yeah, it just you know. Mind blowing intro. Another, you know, quite out of out of many that Alex would do, mm. um, and you know, sitting there working their way up to uh, Eddie's, you know, giant, massive, uh, 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 arpeggiated two hand hammer on intro, uh, which you know anybody who's who's listened to him. Yeah, kind of harkens back to some of the taps from um, uh, oh, oh gosh, Spanish Fly. You get like that, like uh, whatever. It's kind of you got, uh, but if you're you just kind of move it around. Uh, and he'll just carry that pattern up. He's got he kind of moves it around. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. I shouldn't be moving that other finger. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and played this. I, you know, I, I was thinking ahead. I was like, oh, you know what? I should, like, before we do each of these, I should probably, like, go back and relearn the songs. Because I initially learned how to play them, like, running a, a record 
in my bedroom as like a kid and trying to play along, you know. <laughs> there i got it sounds pretty good so one of my favorite things with this with this song is i used to work at a place and we had a conference room and there was something wrong with something in the building in the walls and the walls would make the sound of the drum intro to hot for teacher so whenever we had a meeting it was always hot for teacher was always running through my head or i'd be humming the the guitar intro so there's um i i have something where the there's um uh, uh, it's like a metal uh, piece of guitar gear, actually. It's the foot pedal on my thing. That if you clink it, it sounds like uh, one of the one of one of Alex's sound effects that he used in Beluka Ethereum. And like every time I hit it, I'm like dunk, and I'm just like dunk, 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 dunk. and it's just in my head. It yeah. just carries right through the whole song. Like, oh come on, not again. Um, <laughs> yeah, it totally sounds like a kind of like a motor starting at the beginning of this record, which it, it gives it so much like cool, like momentum, you know, and the fact that, I mean, it effectively starts with a drum solo <laughs> sort of, yeah. and, and then transitions into a guitar solo before like any vocals or the song really kicks in. So it's like, that, that's yeah. Yeah. It literally is like, yeah, it's a drum solo and then a guitar solo. And then everybody comes in for that shuffle that any other band, you know, if any other 1984, you know, metal rock band, it would have just been like. You know, but they got that like and then I, I've even seen other people. I see a lot of people who play it nowadays who are, are trying to play and they're always like doing just the chugga chugga. They're like. And, you know, Eddie's got that like it's just it's, it swings and underneath it, it swings really hard. And then you got, you know, uh, Michael Anthony really locks that swing in because of, of with with he's playing and obviously what Alex is doing under there, too. And it just it's so different than what any other band. would have done. It's just so good. The other thing that's crazy, because I was like, after last time of you talking about how, you know, the, the figuring out the weird timing that they have sometimes, because the song is so swung, like, every, there's nothing on one. It's always like the end of the previous measure. So when you're like trying to count it, it's like, wait, why, why are they starting so soon? And like, they stick to that so, so well through the whole song. And it's literally because they didn't figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's why it works. And, and to, you know, I'm going to go, I'll go guitar tech for a minute because what comes up next is, you know, that big shift to the soft part, you know? And that's only possible because Eddie's not playing his classic striped guitar on this song. Uh, Eddie is playing a 1958 Flying V made out of Carina wood with old timey pickups. Uh, and the interesting thing about the, uh, the Flying V is one, it has a neck pickup, which his other guitar didn't have. And two, it has a separate volume for the neck pickup. So just with his switch, he can go from to without changing amps, without switching anything around. And he loved that simplicity, you know, his, his guitar into a couple of effects boxes into his old Magic Marshall. And, you know, he had to figure out, how do I get the sound in my head 
by just you know lowering the volume or whatever and how do i how do i get the volume down without having to futz with the 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 knob all the time so in theory he could have just played the song straight through live in the studio recording it like he didn't need to overdub the quieter guitar right he could have just done that separate or well and in all likelihood he probably did play it live (laughs) um and when he would play the song on tour he would use um an echo box to turn the volume way down so when the echo box was off nothing happened when he turned it on Mm. there was no echo but he just used it as a volume drop so that you're lowering the signal going into the front of the amp and these old amps clean up you know you can you can start and if you just roll that volume back and it's, you know, he took advantage of that. He experimented with it. I mean, you look at things like Cathedral and, um, oh gosh, there's so many songs where he's messing with the volume control. Uh, what is he? Um, and he'll, he'll go between soft and loud and it just, it, it gives you uh, such a wonderful little surprise in that song when they drop to that. And it's just, you know... Yeah, and I think that would become a big part of like Nirvana sound, that like quiet loud thing. And a lot of those grunge bands in the '90s were doing the quiet loud thing. And I wonder if that this inspired any of that. Come to think of it, Pixies, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, you can't be a guitar player and not pick up on what Eddie was doing there. And and for him to be able to say like, I got one guitar, one pickup, and a and one volume control. And one amp that's set on Monster, you know, and I'm going to still be able to get all the sounds I want out of it is just insane. He changed his his pick attack, he changed his fingers and, and you know, the feel of everything he's doing. But it's just subtle things with his volume and the types of pickups and things like that. And then on this song, taking advantage of that other guitar with the others, that switchability to be able to do it just on the fly. And um, it's pretty cool. Uh, Tom, I was actually thinking in listening back to this song, uh, and Gabe too, like, is is there any overdub guitar or is it just Eddie, one guitar straight through the song? That's a good question. It certainly sounds like it could be one straight through. There's no, uh, there's no guitar under the solo. There's, I don't hear any whammy bar in the solo, at least in my head. Uh, you know, and because the, uh, the Gibson Flying V doesn't have a whammy bar, so you wouldn't have... Uh, any of that. And, and it's funny. I mean, the Gibson Flying V is very similar to the Karina Wood uh, Explorer that he used on a lot of songs on the early albums. But yeah, and that's the way you can tell if he's using the Explorer is, is there whammy bar in the song? Yeah. And it does almost sound like it's straight through because of just the feel is so all over. I mean, it's not all over the place, but it's like, it's hard to count like what's going to be next. So it does seem like you know, he was just playing it next to Alex and they were just following each other. And that's how this song works. Yeah, it, it totally, the, you know, another band that that reminds me of is The Who, where it's just it's got this very full sound, but just three players, you know, like, and, and a vocalist. And that's it. You know, there's, it, you know, it's just that kind of blew me away in thinking about like the possibility of that. Like, because is it just those three guys making this colossal record, you know, without any kind of, you know, overdubbed guitar or yeah. I, I think, um, you know, when, when you get into the solo section, there's certainly a possibility you could have overdubbed that. But it, the fact that there's nothing under it really makes it feel like they just played through live. Um, and 
uh, much like Jump, we have another key change going into the solo, if I'm not mistaken. I'm very self-taught and not super great on the music side, but it, it sounds like a key change to me. Yeah, me too. That's something that, that really starts to show up in this time in his music uh, and and just, you know, it's more experimentation. It's more, um, it's just broadening their own horizons. Well, it's almost like the solo is yeah. another song in the middle of this other song. And it's its its own thing. It has its own feel and, and timing and things. And every, time I, every time I hear the solo, oh, sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, no, I honestly don't know the solo to this song. So I'm, just, you know, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> He's, you know, Eddie always kind of chunks his solos up, which is really nice for guitar players because you can sit down and kind of really break it down into sections, you know, and you just kind of think your way through them. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just another great one. The tone on this song is great. That Flying V has beautiful tone. It's a gorgeous sounding guitar. Yeah, this solo for me is like really memorable because it connects me to the music video when he's walking yes. across those tables. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It just feels like the solo that does not end, you know, like you think it's kind of trailing off and then it keeps going and keeps going. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about the video with five minutes left here. I think we got five minutes left. We've got eight minutes. Eight minutes, gentlemen. Eight All right. Yeah. Yeah. Waldo. Wal- Waldo. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all like to think we were the Van Halen kids, but in fact, we were all Waldo. <laughs> 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 I uh, yeah, so mom, uh, you know I'm not like the other guys. Like just my socks are too loose. Yeah, yeah, oh god. <laughs> I, I think I was just, you know, doing research for this episode. I I think I heard that like Phil Hartman did the voice of Waldo. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that would be uh, yeah, that's outstanding. I I think the uh, the thing that always gets me in the video is just how bad Alex's dancing is in terms of timing. <laughs> like, yes. Here's the guy who puts together this insane drum solo at the beginning of the song, holds down double double bass through the whole damn thing, starts and stops left and right fine, you know, but can't put together a, a, an arm roll, a crotch grab, and a turn. You know, <laughs> it's just well, it's like a competition between all three yeah. of them back there. Like, who's they're, they're none of them great dancers, like you know, David. But Mikey was passable. I mean, mm, yeah. out of everybody, he he was the closest, to, at least in my recollection. I think it's better for them being bad dancers back there. It's just a really hilarious part of the video. Oh yeah. Well, they, like that they would embrace that and sort of like be willing to sort of embarrass themselves like that is so good. Well, and and do you think because this is one of those things that always when there's kids and things that grownups think it's lame. But the fact that we were kids when this video came out, that there were kids in it, I think made it even cooler than it already was. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I found it really intimidating, though, because it reminded like the the Van Halen kids seem so cool. I was like, I'm never going to be as cool as these children. You know, I am a child too, but like, like if I ran into kids like that at school, I would run the other way. Like, I, was, I, <laughs> I it really was the I I don't know if it was just the sunglasses and and was it the headband? But like the kid they picked for Alex was just spot on. <laughs> so good. And I was wondering too, are those, are those real kids with long hair? Cause it doesn't look like wigs. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. It was the eighties. Certainly yeah. could have been. Yeah. yeah. 
They probably smoke <laughs> cigarettes too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> They found some actual bullies. <laughs> it's the thing of watching that video as kids, though, because even if you watch it today, it's kind of like, Ey! and then like you think, like, oh my yeah, god, I, how old was I when I was watching this video? Right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a big part of this song in general. Is like, I mean, being a kid also when this song came out, and just the concept of being hot for teacher. Yeah. Was, like, <laughs> I was like, yikes! Like, I never even thought of that. Like, oh no! Like, what? That's the thing too like the songs kind of like when people talk about this song it's hard not to quote like i don't feel tardy i brought my pencil and like all the little stuff that david lee roth adds all throughout it yeah that's a crazy thing about this song it's got like skits in it as well like it's this, <laughs> which is like really that was really unusual too i don't remember other songs really having little breaks like that but uh, oh god well um uh, unchained, you know, you certainly have the, oh, Dave, give me a break, mm-hmm. you know, but that's really, this, this kind of works though, you know, like that's goofy, but this actually, like it doesn't take you out of the song, weirdly enough. Well, the whole song's built around it at this point, where yeah. which is one of the craziest things about this song is how much of it is not even singing. It is like the, the skits in between the, the chorus. I also love hearing like the beer bottles clinking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, just all that sound in the back. Mm-hmm. Like actual studio weirdness back there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we just went into outer space for a minute. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but I mean, this just really does feel like one of those songs that I can't imagine any band other than Van Halen and anyone other than David Lee Roth, like writing a song like this and then it becoming a huge hit too. Like it's, it's really, if you look at it too closely, like it's a crazy song. Yeah. Say what you will about, I mean, you know, David Lee Roth has his detractors and stuff, but I think it's a pretty amazing performance by Dave on this record in particular. Like he's really bringing it. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, to listen to it, so, uh, did you guys catch the, um, the Taylor Hawkins tribute? Uh, yes. and, uh, yeah, so, so Eddie's son Wolfgang played it and he had, yeah. uh, Dave Grohl on bass. I forget the guy's name on drums. Uh, crap, but he was great. And then, uh, was it, uh, uh Justin Hawkins from, from, uh, the darkness that was, was singing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it, it was great. He was fantastic, but there is something totally unique about Dave's approach that, you know, no one can do. And it was nice that, you know, he just he just sang it his way and it was really good. But it's just like, yeah, you're never going to match what Dave did. Yeah. Um, the the uh, one of the musical thing that I made a note of um, was the ending of this song is actually taken off of the ending of the song that used that would become mean street. There was a song called voodoo queen that they had on, uh, on, on one of their early demos, the Ted Templeman demos. And, uh, the end of that song ends with the, the big G chord and then the, um, the only thing it doesn't have, Eddie does the thing where he uses the echo plex for the, so that that's in there. Yeah, he, he slams the G chord. He does his typical Eddie like tremolo pick, you know, like right. Uh, 
um, and then into the, the, the weird echoplex thing and then right into what was the end of Voodoo Queen. And it's like, you know, all those old ideas just don't go away. You're like, well, I used that song. I made Mean Street out of it, but I still got that little end thing and I like it. I want to use that again. And you know, that's cool. Yeah. Recycling. It's what we do at uh, Lucasfilm all the time too. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, Phil, Phil, you're familiar with that concept. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a pro at it. In fact. And, and anybody who's ever been to the cafeteria there knows yeah. that they don't kid around with that too. There's like 10 different pins. You've got to figure out what goes where, like it's no joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, it's San Francisco, you know, it's how we do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we've got about a, we've got about a minute and a half left. Oh God. All right. Before yeah. we run out of time, do, is it just me or does the video at the end turn into American Graffiti? Oh yeah, yeah, or that, or or Animal House. But was it American Graffiti? Yeah, yeah, I guess a combination of the two. Yeah, maybe more Animal House, considering the source. You know, <laughs> yeah. But even even uh, David Lee Roth's car is is very close to uh, Harrison Ford's car in American Graffiti too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really true. Yeah. yeah. His little hot rod that, yeah, it pulls up in and all the kids piling, which is, yeah, it's also kind of weird, too, because it's like, I love the kid version of the band. And like, the, it's like, why are they hanging out with the adult versions of them? And yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's it's it's, it's some back to the future stuff going on here. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Every time at the end, though, David Lee Roth became the the world's most popular game show host. I was like, why? Why wasn't he a game show host? Uh, really? Yeah. Hey, you know, there's still time. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> is there? <laughs> is that what we want in in 2022? I I think uh, I think we take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would have been amazing. No, totally. I would have. I would have back then, especially. That would have been amazing. Yeah, I wanted to mention really quick, Michael Anthony, just how instrumental his backing vocals are to the sound of Van Halen. I mean, and on this song too, and just you know, hitting those harmonies. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the homework line and all of that, like, that's, yeah, it's straight up. Oh, oh, oh. oh yes. Yeah. Uh. Van, that was Van Halen. That was Hot for Teacher. Night from 1984. I think we've all learned quite a bit tonight. Yes, we've we've learned that we need to pick albums that have longer minutes in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, 5150 is just sitting there, I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of good stuff on that album. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were saying before we started recording that, Tom, you really need a, a belt amp so you can just walk around everywhere you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll have a number three, no onions. <laughs> What was what is the thing Eddie did on uh, on on Two and a Half Men? So I, I did. Eddie, first off, did any of you see the Eddie guest starred on Two and a Half Men once? It was like for a no, 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 no. So Charlie Sheen is dying, and he's he's trying to find a bathroom, 
opens up the bathroom. The door is locked. Eddie Van Halen comes out of the bathroom with a guitar on. <laughs> he goes, uh, it's like, aren't you Eddie Van Halen? He's like, yep. And he goes, you were in there with your guitar? Well, you never know when inspiration might strike. <laughs> Two burritos and a root beer float. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, uh, thank, thank you, Tom. <laughs> Which I, I like that you've watched it enough times that you know you can quote it. I, it's, it's somebody posted the clip online. I, you know, I didn't even see the episode. It was just like, hey, Eddie Van Halen. I mean, this is what social media does to us. We watch 12 seconds of a show and we're like, oh, yeah, didn't you guys see the show? You know? <laughs> I'm just keeping going in the background. You guys keep talking. <laughs> So who knows where the 1984 project is going to go next? We don't know. Well, now we're jumping around, so who, so no no one will know. We don't even know where we'll be next. We don't even know. Forward, <laughs> where it's going, into the future. Oh, that's true. We could go back to side one. <laughs> yeah, could we go back to Panama? We just have no idea. I like how I just said we, as if I'm going to, I'm now a part of this yeah, permanently. Yeah, you're, right. you're, you're, you're on board now, Bill, whether you like it or not. We need, we need all the heroes we can get. I'm like, I'm like Anakin right now. What have I done? <laughs> we only have two, 20 minutes an episode so that we might as well cram as many people into those 20 minutes as we can. <laughs> 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 all right tom for all the folks at home that don't know what's going on what what have you got going on lately so if they go if they go to the uh regal robot website on the tuesday before thanksgiving uh you are going to want to sign up for our email newsletter because on the wednesday before thanksgiving we are emailing out a secret coupon code just for people on our mailing list so they can get all of the black friday deals early uh, and they're all while supplies last, so we don't have stock on everything. So if you want to get it, you want to get it early. So do that. Go to the Regal Robot website, regalrobot.com. Uh, find the little mailing list thing and get on there. And the people who want to do this are folks who are, you know, really cool, good looking, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Also, it helps if you like Star Wars and collectibles and awesome decor because uh, that's the stuff that we do. <laughs> Phil, I don't know if there's anything you can talk about that you've got going on, but what, what what's up with you? Yeah, generally, can't talk about anything I'm working on. But you can find me at, at Phil Showstack on Twitter. And, um, yeah, obviously, uh, you know, final few episodes of Andor. Um, and Willow is coming very soon. And, you know, it's awesome. I think everyone's going to love If you love Willow, the original film, you're going to love Willow, the series. So that's on the horizon. And, and I will – I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. follow Phil on Twitter. Find him and follow him. It's one of the best Twitter feeds out there. Uh, I mean, if Twitter still exists by the time anyone's listening to this, but uh, exactly. it's Twitter it, still exists by the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. At this point, that's kind of in the air. And you know the deal with us: Apple Podcasts and what we've got a website and what else, Gabe? We're still on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram, and um, that's where we are. I don't know. I, we just have so much fun 
doing these 1984 project episodes. Phil, thank you so much for joining in on this insanity. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Any final thoughts, Tom? I, I've just, uh, I'm glad that we are having fun with this. I hope the listeners are having fun with it too. Uh, and I'm already trying to think ahead to the next one, (laughs) which we still don't know what it's going to be. So I'm going to have to try and figure this out on the fly. (laughs) Yeah. We have no idea. No idea. But thank you to everybody who has listened. I, we we generally, you know, we we do this for us. But it is nice that people listen and join along, and I hope that people are enjoying it. And if you are, leave a review, write into the the Blast Points guys, write to us on the Regal Robot page, or find us on Twitter at Regal Robot at Tom Spina Designs. We're on all the social media, and let us know. Tell us, hey. Go back to doing your Star Wars stuff. Leave this alone. Or, you know what? We're kind of enjoying this. Uh, maybe maybe do one more track. We'll see how it goes. Maybe do Panama and then call it quits. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> they, they just shut up. As soon as I play it, everybody clamps now. Like, I just want to be background music. Like, I'll just sit quietly in a corner and just noodle while you guys talk. You know? Have you ever been tempted to go to like a um, a potbelly uh, sandwich place where they have like the singer songwriters sometime and just shred while people eat sandwiches? Oh, <laughs> like you get like some folk folk song uh, uh, guy up there ahead of, ahead of you doing like you know <laughs> it's all like acousticy shit, and then I just come out with my belt amp and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm just getting looked at like like all the people in the 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 fifties in the Back to the Future dance, you know. (laughs) But your kids are gonna love it. When that happens, let us know. We'll drive to New York. We'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's just, I, 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 you guys better have some lighters. <laughs> just be in the back. Like, we will eat so many sub sandwiches, they won't know it hit them. <laughs> <laughs> just, just call out requests. That's all. You know? <laughs> all right, everybody. Until next time, thank you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>